Uh, let me just see real quick what the next earbuds and earworms is because I don't know. I think it came out already. Is that the one about the animals? Animal that, song? No, this is. I think there's a brand new one. Week. Oh, there's Podcast another one. Jour, Jason and Amy strap on their bibs and dig into delicious songs about food that they found at this really fancy restaurant. Food. I'm uncomfortable with the word strap on. That, that's another <laughs> phrase that should, <laughs> should go away. Probably be on its way out yeah. because it's just been. You're right. Nobody should be strapping on anything anymore, at least in public. When their their entire show is songs about spa treatments. Yeah, right. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are the twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. This is our recap uh, of the previous week's TBTLs. My name is Mike Frizzell. I live in Kyle, Texas. And joining me today to help host the recap is my good friend Meredith up on I-35 in Dallas. Hello, Meredith. Hey, Mike. And in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Uh, my good friend, Bobby Pape. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Mike Frizzell. Well, uh, I have an exciting update today that we'll get to in LRB business. Of course, uh, as I mentioned, we're going to do the weekend review of the TBTL shows, including a guest appearance by someone really fantastic on Friday. We'll do our housekeeping and we'll let you know at the end of the show how you can get involved with the program. Um, Bobby, what is our LRB business today? Well, before anything else, we need to start with the most recent episode of LRB before this, your Friday show, which was a clip show featuring uh, Anne and Christy and special guest Bob Stein, a friend of the show, Bob Stein, back uh, for uh, his take on – let me see if I can get this right. This was um, a one-and-a-half-men clip show. And Bob Stein's there to give his perspective on the ladies' perspectives on Luke and Andrew's perspectives on women's issues. Only Bob has the depth of uh, <laughs> knowledge or, or intelligence to to figure his way through that minefield. Well, he did a wonderful job. And um, I listened yesterday, and it just made me real angry at Luke. <laughs> Listening to those all in a row, those, all three clips, was just mm-hmm. infuriating. Like, I can take one at a time, but that was a lot. I did actually see people saying there was they weren't sure if they could listen to that episode because they were going to get too angry. And I would say you can listen because uh, our ladies and Bob do a really nice job mitigating the frustration and speaking to the problems <laughs> Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Ann and Christy will say the things that you want to say back to them. (laughs) Well, a couple things about that is I'm really glad that I was not a part of that show because my tendency um, is to like try to mitigate and try to like I would try to defend Luke in some way and try to bring his perspective forward. And I just think Mm -hmm. I would have got crushed. Yeah. Uh, So I'm glad I wasn't there. And also, uh, is Bob a full man and then Christy and Anne are each one quarter man or is Bob somehow like three quarters of a man? And then, I mean, how does all this math work? I, I'm not sure I want to question it too much, but, uh, okay. 
Yeah, I, I might just let that go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but really, uh, that's that's one for the uh, one for the record books right there. It was a hell of an episode. So yep. make sure you go back and listen if you haven't. Um, onto your throw your phone moments for this week. We'll do our feedback. Um, I'll start with the TBTL Simpsons watch because it's short and sweet this week. Thank you as always to listener bet. Uh, on Monday, Luke says stupid like a fox, which is a homerism from an episode of The Simpsons. On Tuesday, we get the Moses like drop. Uh, jumps out at you like a rat in your underwear drawer. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed out loud at that one. Yeah. Uh, Thursday opens with the comic book guy clip and uh, Friday features a Mr. Burns. What kind of radiola show is this clip? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. All great little clips. Uh, also, listener bet notes on Thursday. Andrew says the phrase, I said the inside words outside. <laughs> which is a phrase that Homer's used at least a couple of times. And I tripped mm-hmm. on that too when I heard it. It reminded me of that. So that's your Simpsons watch. Uh, other throw your phone moments, a heartwarming story from Naomi Hilliard, who got about a year ago, a sticker and a note from Christy uh, thanking her for being awesome and promptly put those things in a library book and returned that library book. <laughs> and a year later, somebody found that sticker and note in that book and mailed them back to Naomi. That's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jan or Jan or maybe Jen, whoever that person was, if you're out there, uh, thanks for putting something good into the world. That's really Someone cool. said that um, that was a very TBTL thing to do, and I really agree with that. It's like, you know, considerate of others. And the, also, just the tiny bit, bit stalkery, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it was – did Christy comment or did she just say it in our chat? Like, I wonder if this person was like, this is great, but what the hell is a little what red band What the hell is going on over Well, hey, here, maybe right? maybe we gained a listener. Yeah. That would be great. So, hey, Jan. Hey, Jan. 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 Jan, Jan. <laughs> Go listen to TVTL and then come back. Yep. Yeah, this isn't going to make any sense to you. I'm no, sorry. not at all. Uh, and also, uh, it's been a light feedback week, but it does appear that Jeff Richardson still has the LRB page set as his personal homepage. That's that's his landing page yeah. right there. Thanks, Jeff. So, thanks, Jeff. We enjoy your stream of consciousness. And yes, we do. It, it helps me re-enjoy the show, listening to yep. it through your ears. <laughs> uh, but the real business of the day is yours, Mike. Uh, I believe you have a stump date for us. I do. Um, last time I was on the show was a couple weeks ago on the recap. Um, and the Friday after that, I took possession of my first aftermarket uh, limb. Um, uh, aftermarket like a like a great car stereo? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like bullet hole stickers, you know, <laughs> somewhere somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um, so I, I've been going to this place in San Antonio and getting fitted and, and uh, you know, um, I think I, I had to have at least three appointments before I finally got the, the, the mold right and the fit right and um, the right height on everything. So got everything dialed in and I did a lot of walking on that Friday at, at the uh, prosthetic office and I came home on Friday night with a new leg. And I got to tell you, it it felt really strange at first because I forgot that I was tall and <laughs> I've been doing so much stuff in my wheelchair, you know, all these chores, anything, anything I could possibly do to help around the house, I would do in my wheelchair and cooking and cleaning and all that stuff and laundry, which is the worst when you're in a wheelchair, the fucking worst. Anyway, uh, 
all of a sudden I've got to do all those chores from the standing position. And I, I don't know, like unloading, loading and unloading the dishwasher is easier when you're in a wheelchair. So I'm like, I got to lean all the way over. Come on now. You know, (laughs) (laughs) so I'm using all these muscles that are, you know, they're, they've atrophied in, in a way and I get really tired easily. There is some soreness of course, because you know, you're offloading all this weight that used to go on your entire lower leg onto this stump, you know? So, you know, you do get sore and you, you get tired and, and I've, I, I, I've understood because we our our cleaning woman, sh- she mentioned to me a few weeks ago that her sister had uh, an artificial limb and she didn't use it. And I, at the time I was like, well, that's crazy. Why wouldn't you use it? And then when I got mine, I was like, this is tiring. I can see why, you know, once you got used to life in a wheelchair or in a walker or whatever, where you would just say, fuck this, this is hard. <laughs> but fortunately I'm, I'm young enough and strong enough where I'm, I'm getting into it and it's, and it's fine. And I was really excited to get it and I'm still excited, but uh, it is, it's harder than I thought it was going to be because I, I was really, I was wheelchair strong. Like, um, about a week and a half ago, uh, I invited Emily to just feel my wheelchair pecs one more time because <laughs> once I get my leg, these are going back into, into atrophy. I'm going to be back in a B cup before you know it. But, uh, I, I'm still like, i when, when I put Emily to bed, I, I take the leg off and I wheel around at night just to give my my stump a little break and and also all the muscles that are super sore, uh, from walking around a lot. So, um, I don't know. It's been, it's been exciting. And, and it, uh, I, I know anybody who follows me on Facebook or his friends on Facebook has seen the pictures of the, the leg. It's, it's inelegant to say the least, but I don't give a shit. So, um, I think I get more stares now from kids than I did when I didn't have the leg. Cause the kids are like, Oh, look at, look at the transformer dude over there. This, you know, his fold out appendage. So what did you guys have any questions about, about what's, what's going on or is, uh, per- I do. Is this a, um, is this a transitional, uh, attachment or is this the permanent, uh, the permanent deal? It's semi-permanent. What's, um, how it works, at least f- with my insurance, because when you go into this place, uh, they immediately like get intense with your insurance and figure out what, what your insurance will cover and what they won't. And this is, this is the nicest one that they will cover in the first year. And I think that is because a lot of people get these things and don't use them, just like our, our, our housekeeper's sister, you know? So, the insurance company doesn't want to pay for the top of the line technology right away if they if you're you know not going to use it because the first time I went in to get this leg most of it was an interview about my lifestyle and you know uh, do I live in a multi-story home what's the what's the yard like you know do I have pets do do I golf or you know they they want to know um it's like the insurance company is looking for a way to deny giving you the leg. Like, Mm -hmm. ah, this motherfucker doesn't do anything anyway, you know? Um, so 
and and then there was there were physical tests too to see how long I could stand on my remaining leg to see if I could uh lean over from a standing position and pick things up you know it was a it was kind of like um a prosthetic combine you know <laughs> where they put I, you through all these questions and very accurate sounding so how's your prosthetic iq (laughs) (laughs) i got a 26 (laughs) which is out of 30 so that's not bad yeah 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 Yeah. and you know when she asked me to take my shirt off i said no i'm just i don't know about taking my shirt off so (laughs) i don't think we need that um so uh they will i have what the insurance company will cover if i'm remembering right for the first year and i in that first year your stump is actually shrinking all the time it gets smaller and smaller so i have these extra socks i have to keep adding throughout the day because your stump will shrink during the day because it's so fucking hot and sweaty in there so uh you kind of size through the year and then i think after a year you're eligible for uh another one which is like a vacuum because this is a suction seal and then there's the next one is a vacuum seal that is somehow slightly better and then eventually you can graduate up to a uh it's a com- it has it's a computerized one which somehow is a lot more sensitive you know like it would be easier to drive and stuff like that because right now it's like driving with a baseball bat <laughs> yeah uh so i haven't done it with emily in the car i've done some driving i've gone out a couple times and, dr- and driven but you, g- you get tired fast because this thing is heavy and you keep having to lift it and keep it in the air, hovered over the brake, you know? Yeah. And that that gets tiring fast. So I, I don't think I'll be doing a lot of extended driving. I mean, I'm, I've got to just bite off a little bit at a time. And then, uh, and then the thing is, though, if, a lot of people, if, they're com- if you're comfortable in your prosthetic and here comes the second year and you're eligible to get that next prosthetic, well, that's another uh, – 2200 bucks out of pocket you know hmm. so if i don't know if i'll be upgrading anytime soon if i if if i'm completely comfortable after a year i'll just keep wearing this for a while but uh who knows what the future holds at least this this is the permanent to semi-permanent thing for at least a year you would have to overcome the twin obstacles of being able to pay for the out of pocket for that and just your you're generally being a cheap bastard. Right, right. Because the the, the thing itself costs uh, over $10,000. And our insurance pays 80%. And then once we hit our out-of-pocket, they pay 100% after that. But uh, So this particular thing did cost over $2,000 out-of-pocket. Yeah. I do like the idea of you having one that's a Wi-Fi hotspot eventually. <laughs> If Kickstarter has taught me everything, everything you own now can be a hotspot and have USB ports to charge your phone. So, oh, a charger. Yeah. yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> useful. Mike, I do have one question really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, what is going on with your other foot? Because I know that one is not super great either. <laughs> it's, uh, it's okay right now. It's, um, you know, it's, I have three toes <laughs> yeah. on that foot. Uh, and I, I have some nerve pain. Uh, and I get some fatigue, but I, so right now I haven't been able to do enough walking, you know, like hours being on my feet to where the other foot starts screaming Mm -hmm. for relief. So I, so far so good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I suppose we should push on into our week in review, starting with Monday, episode 2360 
forever in blue jeans. Uh, quick talk at the top of the top of the show uh, as to whether or not the guys should do a walled off segment about S Town sometime. Uh, they started talking about it when the show first came out, uh, and now that everyone has either listened to it or isn't going to listen to it, the the conversations come around as to whether or not they should give their analysis on it. Um, I honestly am, am fine either way. It's kind of my initial reaction. Mm-hmm. If they want to talk about it, they can. But um, I think uh, as somebody who's listened to all of S-Town, I, I don't know that I need them to break it down any more than I already have in my head. Agreed. Uh, Luke has said that the term pond, as in owned pond, is Pwned. dead. Pwned. 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 Excuse me. See, I'm, I'm not cool. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm not sad it's dead. It's really stupid. There's a lot so. of early 2000s video games references in this It's got to go. Week. Yes. I'm glad yeah. it's gone. Yeah. Good riddance. Uh, I used to work with a guy who had pwned on his license plate, but that's Ugh. because we worked at... No, no, no. Because we worked at WNED in Buffalo, and I think he had it <laughs> pre-pwned being a thing. Uh-huh. Like, oh. it was... It was Something the the P came with something else. I don't remember what, but yeah. Uh, the guys talk about Ice Ice Maybe as a possible uh, show title or Ice Ice Baby oriented title, and realized that exactly 100 episodes ago they had this exact conversation and named an episode that way. So it it was called Ice Ice Maybe. It just wasn't them considering last time calling it it was an actual episode yeah i didn't go back and look but i'm pretty sure it was actually called ice ice maybe so they've actually they've forgotten their tbtl history (laughs) and are now doomed doomed to repeat repeat it it. no no they 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 pulled it out of the fire they didn't (laughs) it would have been pretty fucking great if they actually did repeat it (laughs) uh on to part of the big talk of monday uh whether or not to wash blue jeans luke says he hasn't washed his jeans in two months much to carrie's disdain um and he presents a cast iron skillet oriented argument. <laughs> Gross. Flavorful jeans. No. You want them really oily. You got a nice sheen so nothing sticks to your jeans. Yeah. Uh, Andrew says he hates freshly washed jeans. Luke notes that he has three pair of jeans and he ranks them. There's the nice pair, <laughs> the medium pair, and the yard work pair. <laughs> All right. I, I don't own any jeans. I haven't owned any jeans since I was in my early 20s. But. When I wore jeans, I feel like I wore them for several days, sometimes to a week, at which point they would not only, you know, probably be taking on odors and stains or whatever, but also jeans start to feel baggy and kind of shitty to me after a few days. It's it's usually the, the sweet spot for jeans seem to be like, Late in the first day and the second mm-hmm. day, they would be fitting really nicely. Am I wrong? No, that's how I feel too. And I wash my jeans maybe um, every other week, probably. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't set my watch to it or anything. Um, I just do it when you know. If I if I go to a coffee shop or something, then I come out smelling like burnt coffee. Um, mm-hmm. Especially the coffee shop that will not be named here in Mike's presence. Um, Thank you. So then I'll throw them right in the wash because that's nasty, and I don't want to walk around smelling like burnt coffee all day. Um, mm. But you're right; they they do kind of lose their shape after you wear them for a while. So that's sort of like a reset. Um, you know, I'll, I'll wash them in cold water sometimes with vinegar. I don't know why. I don't have any expensive jeans, um, but they say that kind of helps the color stay fast. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, all that's the special jean care I do. Uh, I wear jeans almost every day because I work with 
musicians who don't care and in an office where nobody's around most of the time or I'm home. Uh, and I only wash my jeans every every week or two. I have a few pairs that I sort of just rotate between. They're all sort of equal in billing. I don't have a pecking order quite like uh, Luke does. Um, but I'm going to destroy them one way or another. They're, either way, they're not going to last years and years and years. So I just don't care. I wash them when they get dirty. Yeah. And uh, there was a disgusting conversation, I think, on the Stens page, but worth mentioning about the fact that uh, guys are sweaty, especially. And, <laughs> right, right. You know, uh, I'm, I don't want to be carrying that around. And, you know, in the summer, I probably wash my jeans uh, every couple of days if I've worn right. them for a couple of days just because it's fucking hot out sure. and gross. And, you know, I think the bottom line here is that if your wife is telling you to wash your pants, wash your pants. Yeah. You Should don't want your discussion. No, you don't want your wife grossed out by your by your area. <laughs> right. uh, excuse me, I believe it's pronounced uh, pwned. Yeah, uh, <laughs> wife, wife. You're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, enough on that. Wash your damn jeans. Yeah, uh, I don't care what the Levi's people tell you. <laughs> uh, dazzling donors. We're on to the big hitting, heavy hitting donors, and I only mention this because listener Lauren. Passes along her recipe for a sugar-free Moscow mule. That sounds delightful. I like a Moscow mule. (laughs) Uh, Top story, Shia LaBeouf uh, is in a cabin in Finland avoiding... Husker du. You just just pulled a Husker du right there. (laughs) I can't pronounce anything today. Uh, He's avoiding the trolls of Finnish 4chan. Everyone seems to think, I mean, I, I don't know. Are, are the people chasing him around, are they anti-Semites? That yeah. There's a big discussion on they the Stens. I think yeah. they are. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's shitty then. Stop it. And yep. somebody else on the Stens page pointed out that Shia LaBeouf is Jewish. So this mm-hmm. takes on a kind of a more sinister overtone. Right. Right. Uh, as I believe I noted on the show last week, I have no um, – uh, I, I don't know a Shia LaBeouf – from anything else like i i don't have a lot invested in this but yeah people stop being shitty wash your jeans and stop being an asshole he should be hiding in jen's house and doesn't she have a (laughs) room oh yeah in her jew hiding (laughs) her attic or her basement or whatever Mm -hmm. it would be interesting to see how quickly the 4chan people would break it down yeah oh we just saw a moose walk across the street we know (laughs) what city that is Uh, Luke hates Make America Great Again hats. Uh, Not, well, I mean, I I assume he hates them for their messaging, but he makes a point of saying he hates them uh, because of their poor fashion. Yeah, they're really stupid hats. They are ugly hats, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know many people who think they aren't, but, uh, you know, people are buying him and somebody's making money off them and that's all he really cares about, right? Oh, they're the cheapest, man. If you're selling those for a dollar, you're making 99 cents. Yeah. Uh. Fun little quizzy segment where Andrew uh, quizzes Luke on the price of New York City apartments as based on uh, apartments and TVs and TV and movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Luke is really good at this. At one point, called him Mr. Zillow. <laughs> <laughs> he does a lot of research on, on stuff. He knows how much stuff costs in that realm. Yeah, yeah he's always trolling Redfin for, for mm-hmm. houses and, and apartments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luke tells his subletting in New York story with the blanket full of toenails. I did a little research on uh, on rent control, and uh, D- Bobby, we had talked about this. Yeah. He was mostly right, but I need to qualify that you don't have to hide it. 
um, from when, when there's a succession, when somebody dies or moves away, you don't have to pretend that you're still this old person. Um, there's a qualifying family member succession. Yeah. 120-year-old grandma's not decaying in the corner writing checks. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, and Andrew didn't watch Friends because that was during the time of his life when he was busy being a hardcore Denny's goer. On to our No Point Conversion for Monday featuring the Stewbot, uh, who is in the car at 3rd and North on 15, driving Piper to something. Uh, the guys have called in Stu so they can get advice on what it's like to be a fan of a shitty baseball team. Oh, Luke shouldn't need this. He's been a fan of a shitty baseball team his entire life. No yeah. Um, I only put the highlights in here, Mike, but you feel free to add. Um, at least these are the highlights from a, from a universally entertaining angle, which I enjoyed. There's mm-hmm. conversation about Phil Hughes having a rib removed uh, like Marilyn Manson. Only Manson didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, when when you're a pitcher, actually, I mean, I'm surprised more pitchers don't have this done up front because it can be it can enhance your performance if you can get one of those pesky ribs out of the way. Your arm can move more freely. So yeah. they should just offer it as a package deal with the Tommy John. Just yeah, like, while we're in there, yeah, let's just grab one of those ribs to get it out of your way. Uh, Meredith, is there room for research here? I don't know if anything's been done with the pitcher rib removal uh, pre and post. You know, I actually do a great deal of research on Tommy John surgery, much to my chagrin. I think it's really dumb and boring. Um, but I have <laughs> the ear you. i have the ear of several orthopods, so uh, I'll run it by him. Excellent. Mike Zunino, the catcher for the Mariners, is flirting with the Mendoza line. That's the over-under on Flirting with the Mendoza line. He has sex every day with the Mendoza line. <laughs> And uh, Luke was just lamenting his shittiness as a catcher who can't bat because uh, catching is hard uh, and it's a skill and there's right. a certain amount of nuance that comes with being a good catcher, but not as nearly as much as uh, a good catcher needs to be a, a good uh, – have good at plates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zanino hasn't had many exciting at plates this year. Uh, the thing about Zanino, he's, he seems like a nice kid and he's a, he is a good catcher. But he's not a good enough catcher to hit less than 200. Because, I mean, you can carry a catcher that's fantastic on defense, but you can't carry a a catcher who's decent on defense who only hits, you know, 180. So I like the guy, but uh, I've had enough. Yeah. Uh, There's some Richie Zisk talk, which I thought was – Actually, what put Mendoza in my mind, because Zisk and uh, Mario Mendoza were involved in the same huge trade that mm. I think is the trade that got Zisk to the to the team. You had notes on Richie Zisk. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of Richie Zisk. Uh, he's, you know, just your big lumbering power hitter, you know, DH, first baseman. I was mad that he overshadowed one of my early Mariner slugger heroes, whose name was really unfortunate. Uh, his name is Willie Horton. Um, the, he was a nice guy and a good power hitter, but you know, once once the what was it, Dukakis let out some other guy named Willie Horton who went and murdered somebody. Yeah, um, different was, Willie Horton. Yeah, that was rough. I would, wouldn't it suck if some guy named Bobby Pape was like one of the most famous murders? And <laughs> I feel bad for Willie Horton because he got overshadowed by Richie Zisk, and then the double blow. Of of the of his name being responsible for Michael Dukakis not being able to win the presidency. Yeah, 
Sue Nelson, the organist for the Twins, got a write-up in ESPN, and I think Luke had forgotten that she existed. <laughs> what a great segment. <laughs> uh, John Ryan is now a co-owner of the Portland Pickles, and if they don't get his name and face on a jar of branded pickles, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Punter Pickles. Yeah, absolutely. Uh and the guys are going to Minnesota soon to do some work. This comes up later in the week, too. They're going to be doing some pledge drive work and some meetings. Uh, only mentioned because I think they're hoping to connect with Stu while they're there. Uh, quick mention of the Sherman shopping talk. I don't have anything to add there. Uh, and then they go out with Ben Fold's Sports and Wine, which couldn't really be a much less appropriate song, actually, for an actual sports segment. But <laughs> that's all right. It's not a bad song. I like it. I like Ben yeah. Fold's. Reminds me of my high school years. Yeah, me too. Uh, and Mike, anything else for no point? Uh, I just want to say in general, I've always enjoyed when the Mariners were bad more than when they were good. Because you you know who the real fans are when things suck. They're the ones still talking about the Mariners. And I always I liked going to the games when it was like just me and Barb and Hedda Guard going to batting practice just – Picking up all the home run balls that just were rolling around because there's nobody there. <laughs> I mean, those were the times. And I'm happy we're, we seem to be getting back to, you know, your basic core of about 13,000 fans. Yeah. Plus, you know, you can go on vacation in October. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to worry that you're going to book during the World Series, you know. Uh, you're to the Secrets Resort. <laughs> All right, Tuesday, 2361, Apollonia of Nothing. It's tax day, tax day. Got to get down on tax day. And it's Tuesday because yesterday was Patriots Day, I guess, in D.C. and in Massachusetts. Is that right? Uh, I think Emancipation it's, Day yeah, in D.C. Emancipation oh. Day in D.C., Patriots Day in Massachusetts. Okay. Um, they make a few jokes about taxes being done with eyes wide shut, and one of them says, what are you doing with my wife? which I laughed out loud at. They talk a little bit about how Andrew's taxes have become more simple now that he's not doing 100 different freelance jobs. And then they mention their buddy Newman, who's a real good tax person, does it all the different ways. Uh, we move on to pull tab talk. And uh, Andrew talks about pull tabs that have themes, and they talk about hillbillies. And Luke makes a pretty tasteless uh, Mississippi toothbrush teeth brush joke. And uh, he states that we can safely go after the Amish and hillbillies because they're never going to hear anything. And this raised the ire of a few people um, as kind of an insensitive thing to say. And uh, I think, yeah, it was on the Stens page. Jamie Nettles kind of took him to task uh, Mm -hmm. about making fun of Mississippians. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, here I am defending Luke. He, I mean, the stereotype is a stereotype for a reason. There are a lot of folks in a lot of hillbillies in the south so he wasn't saying jamie was one of them no i don't think he was um i a lot of really smart people live in the south i mean shit town how about that guy yeah jesus christ towering intellect well and i think it's also good to point out that there are plenty i'm from michigan and we have a cottage in rural michigan and rural michigan is just as southern as the south believe Mm me you know, there's plenty of. Uh, my brother has a T-shirt that says "Michigan." It's Michigan sh- made out of guns. You know, um, he's joking, of course. He's not part of it, but you know, there's there's a big component of that, and mm. and a lot of that is because actually several people, several thousands of people, moved up uh, 
to Michigan for factory jobs. But, you know, it's still there. It's, uh, it's, it's not like the North is any better than the South. Um, okay, so moving on to uh, can prisoners send email? Mike, I think we need your, your input here. Um, the, the, I think this comes up because now prisoners can watch TV in segregation housing. Yeah, <clears throat> prisoners that can afford the TVs can watch TV. And the um, about the email, I think generally, yes, prisoners do have access to email, but only to the people that are on their approved list. And like surely all of list. that is 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 combed through before it's right. Sent, just right? like just like sending letters out, it's everything is available to be monitored. It, it's probably not all. Mm-hmm. monitor but but it could be a, yeah it could be so you have to know that and you know if you're if you're someone in there that's shady they're going to read all your shit if you're someone in there that's been there for 20 years and is a model citizen they're not going to look at your bullshit you know because they have only so much time in the day so yes email i'm i'm sure that the that the email is a privilege that can be pulled just like visiting privileges sure um, just to make you behave so yeah um, Andrew says that he would watch sports forever. Um, and, uh, he, it's he pretty thinks great. sports is the number one thing to watch either live on the yard or on TV in prison, just because there's, there's, it's drama and it's something fun that's happening. You know, I can see that yeah. if you really like it. And then there's like, there seems to be no, um, end to the supply of sports on TV. So, and so much gambling, so much gambling. All the time. Anything yeah. that's on the yard or on the screen, there's money on it. Um, I think we need to mention that he, he, he calls you out, Mike, and he says that you're from the Little Red Baggin podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is that something about Harry the Hobbit? What is what is the Baggin podcast? I don't know. Podcast? You know, he does mention your baggy pants that you hide snacks in later. Um, I believe he said puffy. Puffy pants? Yeah. Puffy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great image. <laughs> Um, so we should, we should talk about that. So you, you had talked about how you, you snuck, uh, cereal and, and mm-hmm. put the cereal bags in your pants and they're wondering why you didn't steal chips as if there's just a buffet of snack foods in prison that uh, you can choose from. They, we were never offered individual bags of, of chips. So what would happen on uh, football Sundays is I would load up and sometimes Jeff would to load up our sweats with all those bags of cereal and go through the metal shack, and then, you know, other guys would, would you know, make burritos. People would be popping microwave popcorn all day. Um, my friend Big Country, he would, um, he worked in the chow hall, and he would smuggle a bunch of cinnamon rolls back to the to the unit and bring them into the TV room. So every Sunday was like a celebration. And then, and like like Andrew said, he sort of corrected Luke and says, uh, you probably just got what you got, yeah. you know. Whatever you whatever you could legitimately get through the commissary, which would be like the popcorn and the sodas, or what you could steal from so, the chow. But my question about that is don't aren't there guards there too? I mean, don't they see you eating frosted flakes and go, huh, where'd you get those frosted flakes? No, nah, they don't give a shit. When once they're once they're back there and there's no label on them, I mean, they don't want to see they don't want to see fifty bags of cereal in your locker. Mm-hmm. But if they walk by the T V room um, during a during a count or something, and they see guys eating little bags of cereal, they don't nobody nobody nobody's writing anybody up for that because who wants to, you know? Yeah, I saw this guy eating some fruit. <laughs> He's going to the hole. <laughs> so it's just like everything else in prison. If you don't rub it in their faces, they're probably not going to give you a hard right. time. Right. If you don't it. have if you don't have a a, a 
big old if, if you don't bring bring back the boxes and like stack them on the mm-hmm. you know just make a show of it or something it's like ha we got over on you guys you know right, right. they know shit's gonna happen okay Andrew says he would play Hearthstone on the iPad once he got over being scared and nervous and guilty. Um, and uh, this is seemed immediately odd to me that he's assuming that there's Wi-Fi in prison, right. that yeah. prisoners <laughs> just have <laughs> unlimited access to you to play games all day. Yeah, right. And you can chat with other people and sure. talk about how you, when you get out, you're going to rape them because they just beat you in Hearthstone. <laughs> right. Exactly. Luke thinks he'd be ripped if he was in prison. And I, I know, Mike, you correct this later in the week in an email, but my notes say, I doubt it's a lack of time that's to blame for him not being yoked at this point. No, you know, there's a reason he... that I didn't get yoked in prison is because I hate lifting weights. Yeah. I always hated it. <laughs> so I'm not going to all of a sudden go, well, I have time on my hands. I'm going to do this thing I hate all the time. <laughs> right. No, I'm going to play basketball all day because I love playing basketball. Now I have the time to do it. I think Luke would, he'd be right out there on the court with me. Yeah, there's, you're not going to start doing something you already don't like and <laughs> right. make your time there even worse. Right. Like, I love to read. And then when I got in there, I was like, oh, fuck, I've got all this time I can read. This is fantastic. Yeah. You know, you're going you're gonna to do the things you were interested in doing in the first place. And right. then your glasses broke and it was the end of the world. Shit, my, my glasses got broke real good my first football <laughs> game because it's supposed to be flag. And when they can't get your flag, they just fucking throw you on the ground. <laughs> and so my glasses... You know, I got my glasses all the way through county jail, even through getting punched. And I got them all the way through. And then I was like, all right, I'm playing football. And and those things got crushed. And so there was like a week where I couldn't see because I had to get the dorky prison glasses. But it took a while to get them. So, like, I, I couldn't hardly do anything for a week. I was just like, I am the – it's like having a blind dog, you know. <laughs> Could somebody tell me where the food is? <laughs> I didn't know you were that blind. I'm pretty blind, yeah. All right. Um, well, talk of Hearthstone leads to talk of Leroy Jenkins, and they play the they play <laughs> like ninety percent of the Leroy Jenkins clip, which is fun. And this is something I've been aware of for a really long time. I have uh-huh. played plenty of World of Warcraft in my life, and I know exactly where this is. Um, this has become a huge, huge thing in that in that universe. Um, oh, really? And, there's a bunch of the, many Leroy Jenkins. Oh, yeah. So even in Hearthstone, there's a card. Um, the character there's a character card of Leroy Jenkins. There's a there's a <laughs> non-player character in World of Warcraft called Leroy Jenkins. There's a title you can earn if you go to this place where they were and kill a certain number of these whelps that they were uh, planning to kill in a certain amount of time. I think it's 50 and 15 seconds. You get a title of of whatever your name is, Jenkins, uh, that you can display above your your dude. And uh, so I've I've watched this plenty of times. And Andrew says that that. Uh, there should be some sort of payoff, and there is, um, but they didn't play it. So the whole thing is that this guy, Leroy, was making dinner while they're uh, devising this complicated strategy. And and by the way, I, I think it was very much fake, um, and it's clear if you mm-hmm. know anything about the game that it was fake. They don't calculate survival probabilities before they do this. Um, and the payoff is that so, – so Leroy runs into the room, pulls all the whelps, kills everybody, and it, they're all dead. And at the end, he goes, oh, at least I have chicken. That's the payoff because he was making mm-hmm. his dinner while they were strategizing. Um, so I just felt like I had to point that out. Bobby, did you know that wasn't real? I am so far removed from knowing anything about this. So is that yeah, not a video you'd ever seen before? Correct. Okay. I was busy uh, hanging out at a Denny's somewhere. No, I- <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm not sure which one's cooler. <laughs> that, was the first, that was the first time I'd ever heard that 
clip and I and it was a big laugh for yeah. me. Yeah, I was aware of the name Leroy Jenkins just as an internet thing, but uh the phenomenon of it had completely passed me by. Yeah, it's it's fun, it's a big part of that world, but I unfortunately it's de- I think it's definitely fake. Uh there's too mm-hmm. many things about it that are that are improbable or silly or don't fit um uh, if you were actually doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Our dazzling donor of the day uh, is from Las Vegas, and so this this sends them on a a tangent about what it would be like to live in a place where people go on vacation all the time or do do crazy things like they do in Vegas. That sounds kind of terrible to me, actually. You hear people talk about it all the time. The people that live in Vegas they don't participate in that because you if you did, you would never have any money. You'd be right. broke. <laughs> right. Yeah. You just can't gamble all the time. You can go occasionally, and sometimes you'll win, sometimes you'll lose. But if you gamble every day you're going to lose. Yeah. You know, you're going to eventually, you will be completely broke. I guess you can live on the outskirts of Vegas. And basically it's like living on the outskirts of Scottsdale. You're in the desert and there's a lot of old people friendly entertainment nearby. Speaking of Scottsdale, I'll be there next weekend for a bachelorette party. (laughs) Looking forward to that. For someone who doesn't live in Scottsdale. Yes. For someone who lives in Dallas. It's who lives a in Dallas. destination party <laughs> yep. in Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay. I don't get it either. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, report back. It has to be back. a reason. Yeah, yeah. When they As figure to what it that out, is tell, when I figure it out. why Scottsdale. I'll let you know. It's a destination. Everyone loves uh, to have their bachelorette parties. In you know, Scottsdale. I think that's, the, that's the official slogan of Scottsdale. Yeah. Why <laughs> Scottsdale? <laughs> I'll let you know when I find out. What happens in Scottsdale for I don't know why reason. (laughs) All right. Top story for today is Mindy Kaling's commercial for McDonald's in which she never mentions McDonald's. She just talks about how good the Coke is. Um, The boys uh, discover kind of why this is that uh, they use stainless steel rather than a plastic bag. Um, They chill the water more and they use larger straws. Um, I I guess I've always kind of thought it tasted differently there. Um, Hmm. But I, it's nothing that like it didn't give me a craving to go get a Coke at McDonald's. Right, that's yeah. what they're trying. That's what they're going for. But unless you're thirsty at that moment, you know, I mean, no, no, no one's going to drive out to McDonald's to get a Coke, you know. Yeah. But it, if I, you just, get if they, if it's a food commercial, and you get a craving. You're like, yeah, I think I am going to go there. But just for a Coke, no, no, probably so. not. Just brand awareness. But I think. Yeah. This is all lost on me as a Diet Coke drinker. I am holding in my hand right now a can of Diet Coke, about half full. And I was hoping, you know, we should get Anne's opinion on this at some point, too, as my fellow Diet Coke fan. Uh, I think that the benefits are all lost when it's not that sweet, cold sugar syrup that Mm -hmm. is regular Coke. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Talking about how they don't keep the syrup in a big plastic bladder, one of them mentions that it's upsetting to watch watch people uh, refill things with, with substances that are in those bladders. And, and I agree, it's a little weird. Um, and, and that leads us to talk of uh, soap dispensers, because Andrew used to have to change the soap using one of those bladders um, in their basement. I guess they had one of those. And uh, then they start talking about getting your mouth washed, off, washed out with soap as a kid. And that was a really, that was a really weird conversation. Andrew mentions that... Uh, he had a teacher squirt hand soap on her hand and then rub it on his tongue. Nice. That, have you weird. guys ever had this happen to you? Because I have not. Fuck no. No. I think no. I would have bit her hand off. Exactly. I mean, 
I might, it might be, he might be misremembering, I'm, but who knows? But he, he just, when he was a kid, he just, I guess, projected such a lack of confidence that things happened to him that just this stuff just shouldn't happen to people. Like I, I was scared of adults, but no one was putting their fucking hand in my mouth. Didn't he <laughs> go to sorry. a, didn't he go to a, did he go to a religious, a Catholic uh, elementary school? I don't, no, I can't. Because they're allowed to do whatever they want. Oh, man. That is, so, yeah, that's yeah. something else. I mean, hmm. I was mad on his behalf. I was like, this 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 person need needed to lose their job. Yeah. Uh, before we move on from bladder talk, I just remember as a kid being weirded out the first time I saw milk in Canada. Oh, yes. Because it comes in bags, and then you, you put the <laughs> right. bag in your jug, the whole bag in your jug to hold it upright and then cut off the corner and pour out of the bag, which right. is, is a little weird and unsettling. It is. Yeah. So is. sorry, Canadian listeners. I'm not judging you, <laughs> just your milk. <laughs> your milk is weird. Yeah. Um, Andrew mentions that he grew up in pull tab country. And uh, in contrast, Luke spent his childhood loitering in Seven Eleven parking lots, uh, lighting fireworks. Um a la many movies of the time. I never did that. I didn't do that much until I was a teenager and I wanted to buy cigarettes. <laughs> I think that was the extent of my parking lot hanging out. Um, they talk about how food, fast food places are getting stingy with napkins. Um, Luke said he hates barbecue because he can't stand having that stuff on his face or corn on the cob, especially when you have a beard is a problem. That's something I've never thought of the, the napkin phenomenon is a thing uh it's very real uh, my experience with it uh my brother-in-law who ran the company uh, we had 13 red robins and he uh he dictated the number of napkins that would go out you know without you know would go out as standard because like many years into the company's um into the company's existence, there's, there's this expense, you know, of, of napkins. And he was like, you know, that adds up so quickly. And he, he like, he streamlined the napkin thing, which to me was annoying as a customer because, you know, you're eating a burger and fries, you know, I'm going to need more than one like paper napkin, Mm -hmm. but that's what they would do. And then you had to request additional napkins. And like within a year, it was such a difference. It was hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, wow. be, because and you're, t- you're talking about, you know, volume of probably 50 to 60 million dollars in business. And just with every customer, if you save just five cents on napkins, because because what we used to do is someone first of all, you'd get a couple napkins. And then when you ask for extra napkins, they would just give you a like ton of them, mm-hmm. which I I don't know if you guys remember that, but that used to be kind of standard. When you asked for extra napkins, it was like... You'd get 50. Yeah. yeah. Or the napkins would be on the table, and you just yank out a bunch of them and never use them, and then they have to get bust. Right. So that's real. It's, and, you know, it's like um, I was telling Emily the other day, like when you go to Taco Bell, they used to just fire like 20 sauces into the bag. Now they ask you very specifically how many and which kind. Yes. Mm-hmm. That must have and saved them I, millions of dollars. Millions, no doubt. And I noticed the first time it happened, I'm like, uh, there they go. This is gonna, they're gonna, 
the shareholders are going to like this this move. Uh, should we be concerned uh, about a restaurant that's profit margin is based on napkins, but they still have <laughs> bottomless French fries? <laughs> hey, people go there for the bottomless French fries. They don't go there for the napkins. So that's you true. can't get rid of them. <laughs> can't get rid of the fries. Uh, Luke complains that Carrie junks up her car with fast food detritus, and it sounds like it's more than just the wrappers. It sounds like it's mostly food. Mm, yeah, it's smellier when she doesn't finish it. Yeah, he you said she I takes mean? like three bites of a burger and <laughs> leaves the rest <laughs> in her just, car. Just you deteriorates know, in there. <laughs> if this if if that happened in Texas, you would come outside and your car oh. would be one hundred percent grubs on oh, the inside. Yeah, ants. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you Ugh. can't leave anything in the car because no, the, you'll just see a line of ants you know coming up into your car so <laughs> yes. fast. So uh, he was he was mentioning that he was having trouble. Um, getting rid of the garbage. And one thing that I cultivated while I was uh, legless or without one leg, uh, when I was first able to cross like a drive, I treated myself to Arby's. I went up to Buda and went and got me a beef and cheddar. Mm-hmm. And to destroy the, the evidence, to get rid of the evidence on the way home, um, my move is to go to a gas station and drive really close to the pump and just fire it into that big, uh, opening trash can that they have there. So that way you don't end up with one of those trying to stuff your bags into like uh, the combination um, cigarette ashtray right. and mm-hmm. one of those little things. You're like trying to cram it in there. So that's my solution to that problem. And you never have to leave your car. Right. Yeah. I've like had that it. problem plenty of times. Like um, I, I tend to, to – try to clean up my car a little bit every time I fill it up at the gas station. But I don't know what it is with gas station trash cans, but 99% of the time they're f- overflowing already. Oh, yeah, you got you got to find a go-to. Yeah. You got to find a place that, that handles their business. Yeah, I haven't found that yet, although there is a Costco opening up really nearby my home, so I'm very excited about that. They're they're top-notch when it comes yeah, to Yeah, they'll be cans. on top of that shit. Yeah, yeah, they will. Uh, my new office has one of those combination garbage can ashtrays in the garage and i'm still not sure who empties it it's usually either full or empty with no bag in it <laughs> oh, gross. Uh, but i just put a picture in in our little uh planning chat because um the last time i walked by it it was empty with no bag and there was a stress ball hippo that looked like it had seen better days <laughs> oh, yeah no. just perched on top of it mm. <laughs> so someone really decided it yeah. is <laughs> Someone decided their stress ball wasn't doing the trick. <laughs> it's also Aww. really dirty. It looks like it took a roll in the ashtray. It does. Yeah. 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 Poor little Aww. fellow. Rough day. Now, now, did anyone else think uh, when Luke was talking about he, how he has no shame, no secret food from Carrie, uh, he's progressed in this way, right? Because he used to have that guest bathroom at the he house of Mount Baker. Her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he didn't even bring that up. He was like, oh, me and Carrie, we're cool. And I think maybe that's because she's a fast food fan, where probably Vanessa wasn't, maybe. It must be. I've gotten a little more open about it because every once in a while I'll get into Duff's car and there's just Taco Bell everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, so I your, know. Your little trips. You know, I know nothing. he does it. And I do try to hide mine. But what I do is we've got those big bins and they're at the end of the driveway when you come into the backyard. Mm-hmm. And so I'll put them in there. No one ever looks in there. But he sure. could find out if he really wanted to. Right. Um, right. There are forensics that could be done, but he yeah. doesn't care because he, he wants his care. freedom to eat right. his bullshit. Exactly. So I think we've come to an unspoken agreement where yeah. we don't give each other shit about our our shame food. Yeah. 
All right, emails for the day. Uh, we get one from Sam talking about the bad email of, or the bad grammar of email scammers, echoing Anne's comment from last week's show that it's on purpose to grab the dumbest of the dumb. Yeah, um, it makes sense. A, it yeah. sure does. Um, we get a voicemail from Sarah, who's a real live Spanish speaker, and she thinks maybe Luke is saying something else other than buru ray um, and goes over the possibilities, which were all fantastic, and I'm not going to repeat them because I wouldn't do them justice. Um, but she does say that she loves the word ruffles in Spanish, which is often pronounced like roofless. <laughs> it's classy. It is. I like it. Roofless. Roofless have... Ridges. Ridges. <laughs> have ridges. That's a great way to practice rolling your R's. I need to work on that. All right, that's my new one. All right. Wednesday, 2362, business end of the ham. Uh, they're watching the Mariners game while they are introing the show, and the Mariners are are well ahead. But Andrew says that, that uh, no, their lead isn't safe until they are up by 26 points. <sighs> It well, just 20, continues. Twenty six app plates. I I can't. I just can't. Andrew. Um, Steve Inskeep is uh, they they pull the tape. He uses dazzling details, <laughs> which I don't know if he's allowed to since the uh, radio. What is the radio the consultant, consultant? Yeah, he has them all trademarked. Mad trademark, Manning. Trademark, trademark. Power out. Uh, I have to say, consultants in most businesses are in fucking sufferable and what what uh what drives it home you know obviously these guys you know they thought oh this is this is they've gotten a lot of comedy out of that consultant yeah guys like don o'neill he took that shit to heart and he's <laughs> he's winning those quarter hours and he's doing all these tricks and but these are tricks these are things to get dumb people to keep listening and it's just sad you know like I would so much rather listen to uh, a podcast where just an hour and a half of interesting people talking rather than someone just trying to trick me into sitting through priceless granite commercials. You know? <laughs> I can't hardly with the radio anymore. Wait, Mike, what kind of commercials? I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> do you have a Bobby, you have pipes. Can you do you have any? You're oh, alone no, no. in the house. I believe she asked you. Oh no. I'm okay. not picky. <clears throat> I'll try uh, it. That that okay. <clears throat> Priceless granite. <laughs> That's all I got. That's great. <laughs> I can't even hold it. That was great. That was excellent. <laughs> all right, all right. Luke's eating. He eats a Persian cucumber, which I had to look up. It's just a small. Cucumber. It's just a little cucumber. You get them at Trader Joe's in a thing. I don't know why they're Persian. <laughs> well, they're even yeah. crunchier than regular cucumbers, making them great for eating in front of a microphone. Breaking his promise officially several times, I might add. Seems yeah. like a long way to ship a cucumber to me. From... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just slice up a larger one. You don't have to get it all the way from Iran. Uh, they talk about Rick Riz, the Mariners baseball announcer, and he's never been any good. He... Uh, what the most distinguishing thing about Rick Riz is he has never upgraded his toupee. He got a toupee in like 1985 and he doesn't think he's better than any of us because <laughs> he just has not upgraded that thing. And I just can't, whenever I see the Mariners side of a broadcast, it's, it's really awful. And 
And what I've noticed too is that from watching MLB games from all over the country, and especially the guys for the Texas Rangers, I, I can't think of the play-by-play guy, but the the color guy, CJ Nitkowski, uh, I learned stuff listening to these guys. I'd never learned anything listening to Rick Riz and, and um, Jay Buhner, you know? I love Jay Buhner as a player, but Christ almighty, I mean, he can't... He couldn't even teach Andrew anything about baseball. <laughs> He's just some guy who swung a bat and was fast and, and had a good arm. That doesn't mean he should be in a broadcast booth. Anyway. I just think that he probably got that wig the first year. Because his hair insurance would only cover 80%. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's, he's comfortable in it. It's comfortable. It's right. And he doesn't want to go back and get the vacuum suction one because he's already figured this one out. He doesn't mind kids staring. He's used to it. Yeah. By now. Kids, actually, everyone's staring. Yeah. You just can't look away from this thing that's parked on his head. I'm going to find a good picture of Rick Riz for you. Eventually. Um, Nick Armies is our donor. And he gets to do the sign-off at the end of the show. Uh, it was pretty great. Mm-hmm. We love Nick. Top story, asteroid jack-off 25. Um, <laughs> sends, see, see, some of these things need to be retired. We were talking about it before the show. J, the, the J-O, anything. You can't do it. That didn't even occur to me. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Oh. Boy, J-O-Twitter. what was the one we were talking about before the show that need to be retired? Uh, uh, strap on. Strap, strap on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're gonna strap something. No, but no. Please don't strap anything on unless you know I'm I'm actually using it as a search term in, in the porn site. Um, <laughs> they immediately go into a tangent about the Sear slash Willis Tower that lasts a, quite a while for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um. Luke talks about the time he uh, kind of purloined an email from from uh, the from a dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> yes, geology professor. A listserv <laughs> to the whole class, all not blind, carbon copied like it should have been. Although with school email addresses, I think that matters less. You know, he said because you can figure it out, right? I mean, yeah. You know the lady's name. You can just dot edu, you right. know dot washington or whatever it is. Right. So he could have done that without the list. He but then lazily he used it, and because the girl was uh, a name on campus because she was one of the best players on the basketball team, he he knew her name. He didn't have to try to figure it out. And then in the the class he's talking about, I took it. Rocks for jocks is what it's called. And that's why <laughs> why she was in it and probably why he was in it because it was easy. And it was in the biggest lecture hall on campus. And all it was is when when I would show up, because you could get lecture notes for these kind of classes. When I would show up, it was like sit in the back and look at girls. And that's exactly what Luke was doing. <laughs> and he, you know, he singled her out and asked her out. And, and she did the right thing by deleting his email immediately. Um, the that, Did they ever really talk about that? They did talk about the asteroid. They talked about the... Um, how how just throwing a little coat of paint on one side of it was going to throw it. It's going to nudge it off yeah. its trajectory a little bit. Yeah. If it's only we knew someone. If only we knew someone who might want to nerd out loud about this. I can't think for our benefit of anyone. Yeah. I just think if an asteroid hits us, it hits us. We don't need to be 
you know, spending a lot of money going up there with our paint bucket or whatever, unless we can trick someone into doing it for free, which I'm all in favor of. You know, NASA, how I like NASA to get... should give you a call. <laughs> I try to make it sound as cool and interesting as possible until someone someone actually volunteered <laughs> to do it. But I don't want to do it myself. That's the problem. No. <clears throat> uh, this did remind me of the Bart's Comet episode of The Simpsons, which is an excellent episode that the guy should have referenced when Bart discovers a comet and it comes flying towards Springfield and they try everything they can to knock it off course and fail. Yeah, I'd say if if there's going to be a nuclear war or a comet or asteroid or whatever, um, I hope it hits me. I'm like going to call for the fair catch because I don't want to be like in the <laughs> aftermath trying to limp around and Mm-mm. you know find some insulin or something. You know, it's like, come on, just hit me. Come on, North Korea, make me <laughs> your target, please. So, sorry, Mike, but North Korea is the XFL. There are no fair catches, and you're going to interrupt Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. Well, they are the XFL because they seem to fail at everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, top story. Uh, second top story, the Patriots visit the White House. And I was thinking about earlier when we were talking about Patriots Day. Isn't every fucking day Patriots Day? You guys don't need another day. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I, I genuinely think the primary reason Patriots Day is a holiday in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts is that so that we can all avoid the traffic clusterfuck from the marathon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the question is asked, would you sit with Donald Trump if you had a chance? And they had their answers. And I have mine. But Meredith, would you sit with Donald Trump? And, and if so, what would you talk to him about uh we've had this discussion i think right after the elect or uh, the inauguration and uh i still don't think i could do it mm-hmm. i would get i would want to hit him and i would get hauled off by the secret <laughs> service bobby yeah yeah i would um i i wouldn't pass up the opportunity just to try to understand him uh not rationalize him or try to change his mind because n- none of those things are possible um, deep down inside, I have started to think that he is just a misguided, uh, fiscally conservative Democrat who just wants to be popular and can't figure out what to do to be popular. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think I would, I would sit and just talk to him because in 20 years I could write my book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's what I would do. Uh, I would. I mean, I got to keep my my wheelchair guns in shape for this because I want to shake that hand and I want to dominate <laughs> that handshake. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't work out. So I, I think even even without like lifting weights, just my wheelchair arms alone are going to get him. And then um, I wait. Would... So you have you been studying that Justin Trudeau oh, yeah. video clip of how yeah, he, he how he done because he did he really yeah right. I might try a new technique just you know, to make it interesting for those watching at home. You know, I didn't, don't want to just ape his te- technique. I want to have my own and gotta, I also want to hurt him. Kind you want to pwn him in your own <laughs> I want to make way. it borderline where, where those secret service agents are, you know, kind of on the balls of their feet when they see this handshake happen. Like, Is he, did he just hurt? <laughs> did he just, what did he? So, and then what I hope is to time, time the visit so well that I actually, as we finish the handshake and we're smiling at the cameras, I shit my pants. <laughs> I want him to have a bad day. 
I want this to be the worst thing that happened to him at least that day. So, um, Luke tells his Nancy Grace story again. That's so terrible that he didn't do it. He should, really should have done it. He seems like the kind of guy who would have followed through. Can I just use that as a plug once again? And I think we've brought it up before, and I may have even linked it in the show notes before, but the uh, clip from the TV show The Newsroom where they break down mm-hmm. the manipulation of Nancy mm-hmm. Grace. Mm-hmm. So great. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's very much in that in that uh, style. Who's the writer? Sorkin. The, yeah, I mean, it's very Sorkin. They pack... All kinds of, all kinds of information and digs into a very short. I'll put the time. link in again. It's worth watching again. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, of course, Luke wants a four hundred dollar gyrocopter, which to me, <laughs> just call it what it is. You know, death. I mean, <laughs> gyrocopter. Come on. <laughs> he sounds like he's going to get one. I mean, he was really into it. He doesn't have a boat big enough to land it on yet. So. He probably has two gyrocopters and just hasn't told his wife. I'm going to call him today and he'll he'll <laughs> confess to me that he has two. Well, it's $400. If he's gone grocery shopping in the last week, he doesn't have enough room in his credit card to buy it. That's true. That's true. He'll have to make an interesting trade. Yep. <laughs> uh, there's a voicemail. Someone was shame eating from uh, the McDonald's. That seems to be every other voicemail these days. Um and then there's voicemail about some guy who was in Thailand or somewhere, and someone gave him a ham as just as he was leaving. <laughs> he was in China, yeah. China, and as I looked up those hams. They look goddamn delicious. <laughs> These are the kind of hams that you see in high-end delis uh, mm-hmm. in a special rack where they just shave off the littlest bit at a time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Ugh. Yeah, and you can see the foot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, we should be we should be sometimes forced to. <laughs> to... I like to pretend I don't know what I'm eating. That's true. I mean, there's there there was a bodega by our old house where I would go and get tacos, and so good, kind of like what you discovered near you, Meredith. Mm-hmm. And and one day I was walking out with my tacos and a hoof hit me in the shoulder as the guy was bringing in entire oh. pig. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try to separate these two things. I'm gonna go eat these uh, the guys didn't know about going ham. I, that's been like ubiquitous to me. Yeah. I, mean, I guess just cause I've worked with younger people in the restaurant business, but like, uh, it was years ago. I mean, Someone was was like, "Oh man, you're you're really going ham on those ovens." And I was like, "What mm-hmm. the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> oh, just because I was like losing eleven pounds working four hours in front of one hundred and twenty in one hundred and twenty degrees. I was going ham going on ham. the ovens. Yep, mm-hmm. that's it. All right, Thursday twenty three sixty three. Closer but less classy. Luke is sitting next to a coffee maker slash time bomb. Seems to be ready to explode at any moment. Uh, He's at the Hotel Deluxe in Portland for Livewire. He tells a story for some reason about how he saw Michael Stipe one time, but he seemed unapproachable and he theorizes that he would be a bad interview as well as David Byrne. Uh, They seem like they would not be necessarily very receptive to talking. 
Yeah, I think you you have to have some pre-existing relationship with guys like that because they have walls up around not only themselves but their work kind of mm-hmm. like they don't even want to they don't even want to engage unless they they know you're bona fides. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about the soundtrack to Judgment Day for some reason, but they do come up with a pretty great idea for a show, which is be real, <laughs> trying and failing to write a song that's not about pot. Yeah, that was the best laugh. Of that was the day. really good. Yeah. Andrew just does couldn't do it. Crumple nope. all those crumpled up pieces of paper. God damn it! He's just so frustrated. <laughs> every every song opens with a bong sound. Andrew does a pretty taping taping uh, takedown for for ten and a half years. <laughs> um, they talk about how it's got Dennis Leary in it, and they do some pretty good Dennis Leary impressions, um, including yes. the line yeah. that real men don't drive Yaris's. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, Bobby. He Dennis Leary is like toxic masculinity embodied. He's yeah, the worst. he is the problem with the impression we're giving young men in America today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Luke brings up listener Lissa, who stayed at the Hotel Deluxe and asked the staff about Luke. She then told him that four out of five employees think he's the bomb, and she'll tell him who the fifth is if he introduces her to Misha Collins. <laughs> <laughs> she's holding him hostage, and nice. he has to know who doesn't like him. Because she's doing, I mean, she's doing an amazing job of, of getting exactly what she wants out of Luke, which is appealing to his vanity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Luke's going to have to arrange that a smelter tour, and there's just, Lissa will just be in <laughs> a, a, a hop on. Right. I guess. Yeah. Uh, they talk a little bit about how t- hotel employees uh, seem to think it's good customer service to over explain everything, um, which brings well, up the Portlandia sketch. Oh, that's so great. I just watched it recently. There was actually a couple couple sketches and so great. Just they took it to the ultimate degree with Fred Armisen just refusing. Yes. In two different characters, refusing to leave the room. I had a similar experience when we were in Denver um, for my Tiny Fence concert. We, we were very uh, – we arrived at the airport – with just enough time to get to the hotel, drop off our stuff, and go to the cooking class. And we unfortunately checked in at this hotel with a concierge who felt the need to recommend everything in great detail. Like, he explained the art museum nearby and how they had a Star Wars exhibit and how great it was and how he went there the other day. And we're both just, like, trying to smile and be polite. Like, we need to go get high. Shut up. Yeah, let's be real. We're here to get high. You think you literally be real being a hotel being a hotel in Denver that that's going to be what so many people yes. are eager to go do. Yeah, we're in a hurry, dude. Calm down. <laughs> you know, in a couple hours when you're mellowed out in the lobby, plopped down in some of those oversized chairs by the fireplace, it might be kind of fun to have him come over and just yeah, come a over. picture yeah. of Denver. Please. Yeah, he could tell me about Star Wars then. You're doing it in the wrong order. Dude. Yeah. I'll be I'll be all in on Star Wars in yes. a couple hours. Yeah. Um, they talk a little bit about room service awkwardness and I agree. It's very awkward. I've only done room service once or twice, but it feels strange sitting in your room and having people come bring you, you know, wheel food in on a white tablecloth with cloches. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit awkward. Never Um, done it. I just can't get over the cost of it. Oh, it's ridiculous. Oh my God. 
I think the last time I did it was when I was in Vegas for work. And so it was my per diem for the day to get mm-hmm. dinner in my room. Uh, it was absurd. Uh, I've done room service a few times, never being the one to pay for it. Um, but uh, I have a memory of years ago doing room service in a fancy hotel. And I wasn't alone in the hotel room. This is many, many years ago now. And um, thinking that they could just sort of leave it at the door or just bring it in the door. And then the person insisting on coming in and having it be Mm -hmm. a whole thing, setting it all up and having a uh, room guest uh, with me uh, who was not dressed for company. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They basically tuck your napkin into your shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, she had to spend the entire time, uh, basically under the covers. (laughs) 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 They're probably used to that. Some dude in my room, get out of here. Yeah. This baseball in the hinge of the door thing, though, is a cool trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody's I, done this a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, feel for the, I feel for them. They they, they must... It's it, As a hotel employee, I'm sure they see all sorts of creeps, and I'm sure dudes especially are, are hitting on the ladies in gross ways. So propping that door open is a <laughs> safety measure number yeah. one. Having a body cam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Luke and Andrew uh, mention again that they're going to Minnesota for the fun drive. Um, Andrew's really excited about it, and uh, he 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 called Amy Wu the Goliath to his David. Uh, to which Luke asked if he was going to kill her with a rock. I hope not. <laughs> he wouldn't last very long in prison. I think we've established that. No, he would not, especially without Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andrew actually. Uh, requests shittier accommodations than than what is on offer from APM. This is, this is so bad. So I just don't get it. Why? Yeah. I get wanting to be at a mid-class business hotel over a super fancy hotel because at the end of the day, uh, free Wi-Fi and a continental breakfast and free parking are great. And you get well, those yeah. at Holiday Inn Express and not, mm-hmm. a, not a Crown Plaza or whatever. Right. But... But yeah, he sounds like he wants to go shack up with Tom Baudet. Yeah. 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 I don't think they were offering boutique hotels. I think they were just offering higher higher end business hotels, right? It wasn't yeah. like, I don't know. I this, assume This so. one puzzled me. Me too. And he says all he needs is a, a desk for his laptop and his microphone, um, air conditioning, and a lack of bugs. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what we all need. But if someone's offering... You know, right. if you're if you're offering, yes, I would like a nicer hotel. Thank you well, very much. Luke is obviously on the total opposite end of that spectrum. He wants the fanciest yeah. of the fancy, and he probably would pay uh, the difference for a, mm-hmm. a much nicer hotel. Um, mm-hmm. Luke makes a funny comment that uh, Andrew's using booking dot <laughs> 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 uh, The top story for today is this guy named Stuart Hill, who is the king of a sovereign sovereign state of Forvik, which is off the coast of the Shetland Islands. Um, it's neither Scotland nor Britain. Um, he's got a currency. He's got license plates. He's got a flag. Uh, and this definitely sounds like something you do when you're a little kid playing with your friends. I totally did that. Like we li- we uh, had a cabin in the Sandwich Islands on Lopez, and there the way those islands are kind of glacier carved out. There are lots of like little islands and, you know, little outcroppings. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it was like total fantasy to like, 
this is mine, you know, this is the nation of Frizonia or whatever. Right. <laughs> but, but Tell then us I, more about Frizonia. Then I grew up. Well, you better have your green card in order because we were not tolerating any, any foreigners. So if I pull you over on, on this rock, uh, Pedro, you're done. So you're going to sail your homemade yacht around your island and maybe sink and maybe make the Coast Guard come save you six Jeez. times. See, now that now now we're in some real angry territory. When if you want to make Mike mad, be be like someone who tries to swim from Cuba or swim the English yep. Channel and oh, this shit makes me furious. I was on his side until that and yep. until they reveals that he still has his UK driver's license. So he hasn't <laughs> renounced his he's not committed to this bit. Right. He's yeah. going back to Britain at some point. Yeah. Back where there's a there's heat, air conditioning, right, right, power, yeah. Uh, they talk about how surfing in California at night is becoming a thing, um, and they mention specifically that it's dudes. Of course, it's all dudes. Uh, I, this doesn't seem like anything a woman would ever do. There could um, be some extremely stupid women. I mean, I you, suppose, you never know. I suppose uh, equal opportunity idiocy. Um, it's partly because it looks cool on Instagram and partly because it's less crowded. Um, but they put led lights on their surfboards, which is just like a beacon for sharks Mm -hmm. to come and bite them. And they've been waxing their boards with, with lamb's blood. So that's not helping either. (laughs) Bad, bad choice. Um, they talk a little bit about jellyfish stings and I just have to say for the record that peeing on them doesn't neutralize them. Just so you know, you don't have to, this is some, some sickos idea, uh, of helping one time. Oh, oh, uh, let me pee on it. It'll, it'll neutralize it. I don't think so. Um, seawater does help. And so does vinegar. It's because it's, uh, alkaline. The sting is alkaline. And so acidity does, but pee isn't acidic enough. Um, so you should just stay, stay in there, but just step away from the jellyfish. Rinse it off. <laughs> well, somehow. Yeah. I rinse it off with seawater. Um, I guess fresh water is bad, but seawater is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew brings us to dream court, uh, with a stress dream about, um, Jason, a public radio producer inviting him, uh, to do a copying job. And he shows up at one o'clock, um, and has to listen to the president of the UW tell him how to be a copy editor. This shouldn't have been dream court. This is just a dream catcher. No one's doubting this dream because it's so boring. He played the dream court theme. I'll listen to the dream court theme over the dream catcher theme. Me too. Anytime. Uh, true. I've just, you know, for accuracy sake, sake <laughs> no one is doubting the authenticity of this dream. It was very boring. Yes. You're taking this dream court to court. Yes, I, exactly. <laughs> so this is the dream court of appeals. Yeah, get out the law and order. <laughs> Emails for the day. Uh, Glenn notes that most prisoners don't listen to podcasts. They get internet in the loud library. Um, and he mentions that most people in prison are felony charges and uh, that they have to pay for access to the Internet. And then, of course, Mike, we get your email uh, yep. talking about that it's it's kind of fraught to give prisoners inter- Internet access. <laughs> it's completely fraught. Come on now. <laughs> These horny then, guys. Yeah. Where no. are they going? <laughs> if they can't if they can't access porn, they're just going to start doing you up, you out to every girl they can find on, on yahoo chat or whatever the yeah. fuck they can get to um and this is where you point out that you're still you in prison you wouldn't yeah. just suddenly decide to get yoked and yeah. uh i thought your your comments about what the guys would be doing were terrific so luke would be trying new diets showing off and looking for shortcuts and mm-hmm. andrew would be eating sausage waiting for his uh 
his uh, girlfriend to stop making out with his best friend and yep. uh, feeling shame. Yeah. Yeah. We are who we are. Yeah. <laughs> and then you explain how you did uh, sneak cereal into your puffy pants. <laughs> my my Zubas <laughs> were just completely full of cereal. Uh, now, yeah. they would know, guards would know right away if I had Zubas on that, that not only is there contra, are they contraband, but I probably have some contraband inside the Zubas. <laughs> yes. Why else wear those? <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew mentions that he likes pickle chips, which makes Luke go out this really strange idea that the increase of weird chip flavors is due to advances in print technology. <laughs> seems like the strangest. <laughs> I don't know. A point A to point B there doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No. I think no. people just, uh, uh, it's trendy to have new flavors and it's interesting and it's a way to get, uh, attention like, and, I uh, I I like to every once in a while like Mike has ideas or whatever and they'll be some of them are pretty bad. This is Luke has theories. This is the worst Luke has theories. That it, really ever has. <laughs> it really There's is. There's zero chance of it being true in any way. Yeah, just because we can print the picture of a real buffalo wing on a bag. I mean, no one has been able to draw a buffalo wing until now. So no. yeah, Andrew's right. Flavor blasting technology is, has yeah. taken off. Uh, did you guys go look at the bags of wrap snacks, though? No. No. I think, uh, I think I looked them up last time they were talking about it. They actually are pretty great. Uh, and and they keep coming out with new ones, so you can get your Fetty Wap Honey Jalapeno wrap snacks. I wonder, are they only available in D.C. or where? Yeah, How I don't come... know. I've, I've never seen these before. Yeah. All right. Uh, and I think that takes us to Friday, 2364. Pantyhose are magic uh, with Barbara Bogave. Uh, this is a great episode that I took a mile long of notes on, but did not put most of them in the run sheet because we really could be here all day. Um, we'll start with the robot back to help Andrew with the episode number, except the robot's wrong. It's a day off. <laughs> Uh, and then we introduce uh, Barbara, who Andrew met at KCRW while she was walking around picking a practice lock. Yeah, as a stress reliever. <laughs> they She's make amazing. Yeah, they make those fidget cubes and things like that right. for have people you, to play with. Have you guys ever seen one of these practice locks? It sounds no. awesome. No. Yeah, it does. Um, I, it's one of those things that I think fascinates kids, boys, mm -hmm. the ability to pick locks and break into places. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, Girls too. Shouldn't yeah. you get on kind of a kind of a watch list if you <laughs> purchase Bar this item? Well, Barbara's already there. So. I know that's true. Yeah. So it didn't cost her anything to to <laughs> get that. She's already on the list. And yes, uh, Meredith, I shouldn't I shouldn't be so gender normative about these things. Girls are little hoodlums too. Yeah, <laughs> yes, they are. Right. Uh, I guess she said she took a class with her daughter or was going to take a class with her daughter on breaking out of trunks. Mm -hmm. And they talk about how this might actually just be a, a dummy sweep. Like here, come learn how to break into locks. <laughs> yeah. It's a warrant. The, their version of the warrant roundup free, right. free Raiders tickets. Yes. Uh, and uh, Barbara's excited that she can swear on TBTL. But she doesn't really get around to it until the end when she just right. is on fire. Yeah. Well, I think I may have heard. I'm yes. going to go back and check the tape. She, had she one. does say, I, I have to work up to it. And then under her breath, fuck. Yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah, she goes full throated later. 
Uh, early in her career, we get some early Barbara uh, career stories. She says when she was at WHYY, the station manager there said that her voice was awful and she would never go on the radio again. Hmm. She proved him wrong. Mm-hmm. I think uh, having a variety of voices, all different kind of voices on the air, is really fantastic. I mean, it's great that Ira Glass can be on the radio and that Ira Flato, even with his nerd Howard Stern can be on the radio and that <laughs> us with all our voices that we probably hate our own voices are doing a thing that people listen to. It's you got to get over it and sound like she was, she got over it right away. She's like, fuck that. I'm assuming guy <laughs> said that yeah. I'm just going to be me and it'll work. And she out. has a, she has a great voice and it, she has a lot of confidence too. So I, I just think mm-hmm. it probably it's, it's a good story to tell, but I don't, it sounded like it didn't derail her for a second. No. You know? Yeah. Uh, and her European terror watch list story. She was uh, in Germany and working under the table at a thrift store, an Army Navy thrift store of some kind that got robbed. She was attacked with a guy with a rag with chloroform on it because it was a robber from the old timey days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> really? <laughs> and they stole her passport, uh, which led to her being questioned uh, first interrogated by a blonde German, she said, who was both the good and bad cop due to budget <laughs> restrictions. <laughs> that's pretty great. Yep. Did, uh, he ta- did he leave the room and then come back? I mean, that's what a, I wanted to know. He put a mustache on yep. when he was doing <laughs> right. Put on a hat and sunglasses and came back <laughs> as bad cop. Uh, and then apparently just came back around to her place uh, on occasion to just harass and interrogate her at her apartment. I thought that was a different guy. That was when she was back in the States, yeah. Right. Right. Different guy. Uh, but uh, still just getting uh, bothered mm-hmm. intermittently for her not involvement in that. Uh, and this is when Andrew warns her that TBTL listeners are sleuths and that if she wants her entire history file with the German government, she probably just has to wait until someone emails it to her on Monday. Phyllis will be there in the morning in Germany yep. at the Bureau <laughs> of Weird Information and she'll be getting the report. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the the Bureau of Order, I think it was. I think we, I think yeah. we have enough. Don't we have enough to to get her to Germany if we can get her on a if we can get her on a really cheap flight? Well, she'll just take the bus like she does. <laughs> right, she'll take the bus. Sure. <laughs> That's a lot of jams. We'll have to check with Jeremy. Yeah, <laughs> might be worth it though. I need to know the details. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dazzling donor Don Hafner, who completely undersold herself in her little write-up what isn't she involved in go done yeah she's amazing every time she, i see she's doing some other charity work or something with the rotary or something else and of course friend of the show from my hometown of grand rapids michigan that's right like you you big players that are the big donors you know um and dj came to me too is like well what what should i do you know like and I'm like, I don't know, just just you be you or whatever. But we're always trying to think, of what can we do to promote the show or be clever or whatever? And then there's her being a way better person than us, plugging a plugging a goddamn charity. Thanks, yep. Don, making making us look terrible. <laughs> we're just cracking wise over here, and you're doing real things. Yep. Uh, top story is uh, Japanese life hacks, the Ura Waza, uh, and. Uh, I one that stood out to me was if you've got the hiccups, just just jam a cotton swab back there until you <laughs> gag. Yeah, then now you're throwing up and you forgot all about the hiccups. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and then there's the uh, titular uh, uh, life hack from this set, which is that if you need to shred your documents but don't want to pay 
the office supply store to do it for you and you apparently don't have a shredder, you can just put them all in some nylon pantyhose and then run them through the washer to <laughs> leach crazy. out and destroy that. That sounds like you're going to ruin a lot, guys. Isn't that ruining your washing machine? Yeah, see, I would think so. Washing well, machines maybe the are pantyhose. expensive and shredders are not. So yeah. <laughs> I would say go grab a shredder. The pantyhose might be might be keeping it in 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 line, but I'm I'm not that concerned. I send him, I send all our stuff to to work with Duff and he puts it in the shredder in his office. Do we, yeah. do all women have pantyhose anymore? I can't I tell you if Emily could even produce some pantyhose. Um I used to wear uh, knee highs to work cuz I hate mm-hmm. pantyhose, but I didn't want to wear socks with, with my shoes a lot of the mm-hmm. time, like real because socks. Mike being gender normative again. Oh, sorry. Uh, do dudes still have a bunch of pantyhose on here? <laughs> well, I fired well, him right in the that's trash. That's another thing. If if a if a dude, if anybody buys uh, a lock picking kit or goes to the the breaking out of a trunk thing, that's a red flag. Dudes buying straight dudes buying pantyhose. You know that dude's going to be in a mm. bank the next day, right? <laughs> demanding money. Uh, just an aside, Mike. I put this in the chat last night, but I I watched I rewatched Bull Durham last mm-hmm. night in its entirety and Sam had never seen it before. And I think it was a little slow for her, but Mm -hmm. um, when I think our favorite scene, yours and mine shared uh, played, even she got a full throated laugh out of the Rose goes in the front, big guy. (laughs) Yeah. Rose goes in the front, big guy. Uh, Andrew has a foolproof method for keeping people out of his sensitive documents, which is that he buries them and catch it. That's, not that's how they that's how they recommend you throw away um like old prescription drugs so no one will root through your trash and want to <laughs> put them in their mouth. Yeah. Uh it would work for me. Me too. Uh they start talking about using coffee to clear your nose. Uh and I only mention this because I was impressed that Andrew ran off to get some coffee and Barbara who by the way was at a studio at KPCC and came in just for this. Uh, vamped beautifully. She just <laughs> filled time as if it was live radio until he came back. And I was hiding under the covers this whole time. I thought this was a terrible idea and a it terrible was, experiment. It was pretty bad. I, I will, I will, I will re- totally recommend coffee for um, for covering up any kind of smell that you need to cover up for any yeah. reason. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's why I've always got a suitcase full of coffee when I come back from overseas. That's right. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and they do do that at the perfume counter. They always have little little dishes of coffee beans. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, and then we get the segment Andrew's calling, Ask an NPR host anything within reason. Let's keep it clean, people. Uh, and there were an array of questions, but I'm just going to be selfish and mention mine. <laughs> Which I put up as a joke, although it is somewhat sincere. Um, and I'll, I'll mention it for this. There's a weekend host position currently open with Rhode Island Public Radio, 6 a.m. to noon. And it's just the person who comes on between the, the syndication shows, the national shows, mm-hmm. and just reads like the weather and the local headlines. And I have been thinking about applying for it. And so I had asked if I could use Barbara as a glowing recommendation. And sure. Andrew did not use the word glowing when he read my question. That's okay. And um, she's so sweet. She took that question seriously. Yes, she did. <laughs> like way too seriously. Aww. Um, but, uh, so it sounds like I shouldn't apply for it based on what Barbara said. (laughs) Uh, but I bring it up because that meant that, uh, Andrew felt compelled to explain what a little red bandwagon is to Mm -hmm. Barbara. And the quote of the week for me was him saying, sit down for this, Barbara. (laughs) You need to concentrate. (laughs) 
uh, other takeaways from this, uh, we should all go back and rewatch broadcast news. Absolutely. It holds yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, we get a new voicemail jingle from a listener who previously submitted a really depressing one. He's come back around to submit a parody of Mellow Yellow, uh, to which Barbara says she likes Donovan. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, negative one for her there, but she also later says she's allergic to jazz, so plus a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> How she's been able to make it through so many years in public radio. She's a I saint. I know. I know. Uh, and that'll take us right into music for your weekend, uh, starting with Barbara, who suggests uh, Point Breeze uh, off the Kids in Philly album by uh, Mara, which auto-corrected to March when I typed it, but it's Mara. Mm -hmm. uh, Andrew brings Sex Money Sneakers by BJ the Chicago Kids, and listener Mark Shark Attack by Group Love. Uh, and with that, we'll go to housekeeping. Starting with the Archive Project, keep up the good work, guys. We're working on getting Archive wagons full of loot out to those winners, uh, and you still have a chance to win one. Uh, just before we started rolling today, we were talking about all the things that those of us who haven't done our crates yet, which is all three of us actually, um, are working on putting in ours to send out, and we're very excited to do it. But we need you to enter the raffle so that we can pick you so we can send you one. So keep on archiving. The Amazon link, buy things on Amazon. You know you want to. Do it at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. And your latest earbuds and earworms episode uh, includes songs about food. Hmm. So get on that. Interesting. I may have something to submit there. Mm -hmm. How to get involved with our show? Go to littleredbandwagon.com. And you can go to Facebook. We are on there. Or you could go to the Stens page, which we're just letting everything go on the Stens page now. So I if, noticed. If it's <laughs> if, if it's just something about tacos, uh, hot dogs, whatever, you know, just something that doesn't have anything to do with the show or the guys or anything, it's all good. Just just throw it up there. We want to make sure that the, the stuff that is relevant to the show gets buried as quickly as possible. So just throw all of your bullshit up on the stands page. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemail and text 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. It's a fun morning, everyone. Thanks. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Bobby, you want to get us out of here? Sure. Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen or Jan or whoever it was that returned that sticker. <laughs> Nailed it. Get a Ford truck. Yeah. You're a man. man. You're a man. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Men don't drive Yaris's.